Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Deep Three podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Jamie Christian, head coach at George Washington University. Hello, Jamie. What's up, man? How are you doing? Good. 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 You know, just hanging in there. <laughs> hanging in there. That's real. How was the period, man? How was the period for head coach? Yeah, it's been great for us. I mean, you know, a chance for us just to take a deep breath, um, kind of look at the season, assess things that went well, things that didn't go well. And then, you know, for me and talking to a lot of my coaching colleagues, just a chance to connect with our, with our families. You know, typically in college basketball season, your season ends in, 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 in early to late March. Then you go right into recruiting in April right after the Final Four. And so there's this large gap where you really don't get a chance to connect with your family. You know, and then July, we're gone the entire month typically. Um, so it's been really good actually just to be a dad and to not have to rush off to a recruiting thing or rush off to a meeting and just be able to spend time with my son, spend time with my wife, and trying to make the most of that. I know when we come out of this, it'll probably be a little bit different, but um, it's been a really, really enjoyable time. And, and uh, you know, as we really, as we're concerned about our friends around the world, trying to be healthy and, and get well, just trying to do our part here. I know. I totally agree with you that too. It's like, we came back home and I was like, I just don't have to think about basketball. You know, the stress of, you know, being a coach, being a professional basketball player, it just takes a toll on you. You know, it just, you come home, you're still thinking about it. You're still thinking about the practice that just happened and you're there, but sometimes you're kind of disconnected, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to just, at least I'm not one of the sweeper that can just leave everything out the door. You know, when I walk in, I'm like, so I had a bad game. I kind of carry it with me, you know, like stuff like that. And it's, it felt good to just be like, I don't know when I can play basketball again as a professional basketball player. You know, you probably don't know when you're going to coach the kids even in practice again. Yeah. So you just be there, you know, like it, it teaches you how to be present. And I think that's why I took the best positive yeah. out of this is, is just being present, uh, you know, just learning to, Kind of live off my phone a little bit, uh, <laughs> you know. But I, know. I, I agree with you. I think that's been one of the, you know, you think about this, when you and I are playing this game since we were so young, we only know the rat race that we're in. You know, we only know, you know, we only know basketball, you know. And like you said, like when you love it the way that we love it, you're constantly trying to find a way to get better. And, you know, even when you're watching a basketball game on TV for enjoyment, it's not really enjoyment. It's like a lesson, a way that you can learn and improve and, you know, so I feel like I agree with you. I know a lot of guys are in the same boat. And so not to have to do something next, um, having a little bit of unknown for us. I think, I think a lot of the world probably has that. You know, they have like their weekends, you know. Yeah. We haven't really had a weekend, you know. We're usually performing on a weekend um, or preparing for something for the week. So it's, uh, again, man, I, I think the rest, of, the rest of the basketball community understands your sentiments. Yeah, talking about a weekend, I was just talking to a friend that just retired about two years ago, and he was like, you know the best part about it? I was like, holidays and weekends. I was like, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I was like, uh, you're right. Like, I was like, you just do work, like, Friday night, you go home, and that's it. You shut down till Monday. You can be, you know, do whatever. And, uh, you know, for us, that's like the stressful time, right? We got, well, so you got a game, then you got to analyze it, what happened, what, you know, like. I mean, you think about it. I mean, you don't have, you know, typically, you know, you don't have, we don't have Thanksgiving, we don't have Christmas. Um, Easter usually falls around the final four. Um, so July 4th is usually around recruiting. <laughs> so, so, you know, like, no it's, it's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's like a blessing, you know, to be able to work and to be able to, to experience life that way. Um, but it is different, you know, it's like, Oh, like, you know, like we have Memorial day weekend, like usually our, our guys will be coming back for summer school. So we'd have to have to do something with them. So it's like, Oh, we have, you know, we have a four day weekend, you know, we're gonna take Friday off and we have Monday off, and, you know, so we'll do some stuff as a family and, you know, it's just our, our usually our lives is, is, is basketball around the holidays. Yeah, that's true. That's I mean, as a head coach, how do you see it though uh, on the basketball standpoint? Um, you know, just dealing with, with the kids not being on campus, the kids not being to, able to work out. 
yeah. you know, and stuff like that. Well, you know, I mean, you know, you've been through this, so you understand. I think we almost can do too much for the guys. So I mean, typically what we would have done in April anyways, we would have just let the guys play pickup. We would have had, you know, weightlifting and stuff like that because I think the guys need to do that and they need to stay consistent with that. But we wouldn't have done a whole lot with them basketball-wise. Um, you know, I think the year is so long. I'm just always concerned with guys not loving the game, you know, if we just keep pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. So that, you know, when the season ends for us, we usually take two weeks off and then we let those guys play pickup for about a month or six weeks. And then when they come back in the summertime in the first summer session, typically we just work them out individually how they see fit. You know, we don't even have anything really scheduled and we let those guys lift. I think it's important to work on your body and your lifting and your, and your flexibility. I think, you know, you got two months right there. Where those, are, those should be the primary goals. And guys that are driven will get in the gym and to work. Uh, but I just want to keep our guys fresh mentally and loving playing the game and loving coming to the gym every day. And we've kind of pushed this thing in college basketball now. We're going 10 or 11 months out of the year, um, you know, where guys are just, you know, they're being – to me, they're being, like, overcoached in the offseason. I just want them to get back to loving it, you know. And I think this period has been great for us because I've watched our guys just keep getting better in their own ways, being creative like you and I had to do, you know. Like, you know, now, like, you know, I, have, I only have one court here. I don't, have a, I don't have a court, so now I only have a basketball in the, in the garage to figure it out. And I think there's a lot to that. I think it's a lot to using your imagination to get better and thinking through ways that you can improve. And, you know, I think we've taken some of their imagination away from them, but I think over this time it's really allowed them to be able to do that. Um, we haven't done a ton with them. You know, I've given them some simple ball handling things to do. Um, and I've asked them, hey, go ahead and have fun and, and go and attack it. And you know, I expect you to come back a better ball handler and, and really energized. And I think if they do that, we cross that goal and we get here, we're going to be in a pretty good place. Absolutely. I think uh, a lot of kids are going to separate during this time because you can really see who really wants it. You know, I mean, you don't have to push them. Uh, there's kids that you don't have to push. And I think those kids are really going to make it uh, – whatever they decide to do in life, but especially with, with sports, you know, if they really push themselves during this time and uh, they get a lot of joy out of it. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier about, to me, working out is like the best part of basketball. As a, as a basketball player, it, it's just, I mean, as winning and losing, scoring 30 points, everything is, is great. But the best part is, you know, just getting to the gym and once you start bouncing the ball and working on your game and you don't know something and you just pick up the move and like, Hey, I saw this move. Let me try it. And once you get it, it's just like a different kind of joy. And I think for any coach, it's like that too. When you try to teach them something and they get it, you know, it's like, uh, it can be an individual thing. It can be a team, uh team concept, right? Like a pick and roll type defense or pick and roll offense. They get it. It's like, Oh man, it's, he just made the right read every time he got it. And it's yeah. a different type of joy. And I hope that out of all of this, uh, we also get pick a basketball back, like outside. Like the black guy. Oh, oh. It's great. Our, our guys are getting kicked off at every court in all parts of the country. Right now. <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, they're all trying to play. I'm like, listen, you have to follow the rules of where you are and the laws where we are. And they're like, coach, I got kicked off today, you know? Um, <laughs> so I think it is really bringing it back. And, um, you know, I mean, it, they shouldn't be because obviously because of COVID, but as a basketball coach, you know, it excites you because they're showing their love for the game and, and they want to play. And, you know, all these gripes we've had about, you know, uh, the generations of basketball is how much they don't love it and how much they're not improving. I think this generation is showing us different. And they're showing them the opportunity to, to, to run their own games and to set up their own games. They can do that just like we did. And, and uh, they're doing it in a much tougher time than we maybe had to. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I look forward because I feel like the gyms, you know, they're going to be like kind of the last thing coming around. And if you could be outdoor in the summer and if, if they're going to, you know, 
it's going to be okay and safe for everybody to play basketball. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping I'm kind of just going to drive by course and see kids play again. Uh, it, you know, you know, it. it's nothing better than, you know, pulling up to the court outdoors and it's just packed and you run court. I don't know if there's a, be there's been a better feeling in life. I mean, we've won championships and all that stuff. And, but when you go out there and you run eight straight games that day or nine straight games and you run court, there ain't no better feeling when you're walking off there, you know? And, uh, yeah, I hope these guys find that. Cause that that's, that's a great kind of like a championship, feeling, right? Like, you just oh, go out there. It's like, harder. You're right. They can foul. Right. Exactly. Oh, and they foul you. It's hard to get the last <laughs> points. You know, they're trying to stack their team against you. You know, I mean, that is just – I mean, again, I'm with you, man. I, I might jump out here and play some pickup games as well at the end. Because I just <laughs> – yeah. it, The worst it part is, like, you know, you lose one and you sit out for, like, oh. an hour and a half. I'm like, God, what, what happened? <laughs> you got to make a decision whether you're going to leave. Like, oh, man, should we just go? We're going to be out an hour and a half. Like – you got to make all these decisions on it. And when you get on the floor, you got to do everything you can to stay on. And that's such a big part of basketball culture. And I don't know if we've lost that, but, you know, hopefully during this time we'll start to get it back. So I think that's, that's one of the most fun things that, that you can have is just great pickup and great enjoyment of the game. Absolutely. So now your coaching career, man, you've, uh, to me, I've been fascinated since we met a few years ago, just, how quickly you turn programs around, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, it's been amazing. You know, I, I know you're ops at Bucknell, then you went to William Mary. I don't know, you were, you were very close to coaching me at William Mary. Oh man, I know. Yeah, they, they, were recruiting <laughs> very, they were recruiting me very, very hard. Uh, it was like in my top five. Um, I just loved the system. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to go to a good school, get a good education too, so that yeah. was another thing. So, and that's so it's like, okay, uh, I just decided to go George Mason, but, and we end up playing uh, William Mary, my, I think, yeah, my freshman year, we ended up playing them in the yeah. championship game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you want to, you know, start your head coaching career at Mount St. Mary's and you've done a fabulous job there. And uh, then you went to Siena, you turned it around. And now you're at, uh, honestly, one of my favorite universities, uh, just because I've, I've, I've been to this area for so many years, you know, I went to high school and college there basically. And then I had a lot of friends that played at GW, a lot of teammates that played at GW along the, my, my, my pro years. And uh, what is your approach? You know, when you take over a program, uh, as far as recruiting, as far as recruiting your own players to stay, the, you know, the, yeah. the ones that you have already and uh, just changing the culture, because I know you, you like to, to, to run a, a certain type of system. Um, and you want players to to fit that system and fit your culture and character wise, of course, you know, just yeah. what you want to build there. Yeah. You know, I would say, I mean, you know, every job opportunity is different and I got a great one here at, G, at GW with just an amazing, amazing set of resources we have here on campus and people love going to school in DC, as you know, and this is an amazing feel. And, you know, one thing I've tried to do every place I've been, I've tried to be me, you know, I see it a little bit differently. I believe it should be done a little bit differently. And one of the largest things that that's hard to, to work through is is building unconditional relationships based against transactional relationships, and I think what typically happens in college in, in basketball cultures, right? Like if I do more, I get more, and so you know if I and I think what happens, you know, as these guys grow up into that culture, it becomes so transactional, and the coaches become transactional with them. And if a guy doesn't produce, you know, after one game, then he's, his role is completely different. And you know, so I've tried to really build this thing of being unconditional conditional having an unconditional relationship with you that's not based on your performance and I think it's I think it's worked both great at both play at different places I've been at 
Um, but I think it's a big time adjustment for the people in that, inside that locker room because it's almost like they can't believe it. You know, it's like, you mean I'm going to be good to you every day you come into the office, every day you come to practice, I'm going to treat you well, treat you with respect, care about you, love you. But you, I mean, I play you 20 minutes. I mean, I play you 30 minutes and it's not going to be personal. I think that's really hard for, for guys to understand. I think they're so used to it being so transactional um, that it's hard for them to understand that, like, hey, I'm going to treat you the same way. I'm going to play the guys I think are going to help our team be at its best. And we're going to put our system around the guys that can help our team be at its best. But it's not going to be personal. It's not going to be like, I don't like you because, because you can't make 40% from three, you know. Um, but we're going to have that requirement. And so I think we just tried to set that standard there that it's really just about, like, being genuine, caring, honest, and being connected. Um, that's what we spent a ton of time talking about and really building that in. I think as players get adjusted to that, they acclimate a lot, lot better. And some guys acclimate to that better and quicker than others. Um, you know, so that you have that aspect of it that's about your culture, your way of life, what you're trying to build. And then you have your basketball side of it. You know, guys like yourself, I love size. I love guys that can shoot the ball from the outside. I love guys that love being in the gym and playing together. You know, we're looking for all those components. And I think we can get both. And that's what we fight hard to find. And, you know, the truth of it is, if you're not uh, one of those things, it doesn't mean I'm going to treat you bad, but it does mean you're probably not going to play. <laughs> you know, and so you've got to be genuine with, with how, you, how you attack it. And, you know, I want input from players. I think that's a little bit different. I think players are a little bit uncomfortable with that, but they learn. You know, I'm going to say, hey, we're going to cut like this. We're going to run this play. And I might ask you, hey, what do you, what do you think about that? You know, do you like cutting over the top there? Or do you want to curl this? Do you want to? You know, because to me, I want you to be really comfortable. I want you to play your, in your purest form, which is playing like yourself. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to ask. And then if you tell me, you know, you tell me the truth, it'll be great. But sometimes guys tell you what you, what you want to hear. I want you to tell me what you think. Because if you want the ball in this block, then I'll run plays for you to get the ball in this block. If you want them in this block, I'll run for you on that. It doesn't matter to me. I just want you to be comfortable, and I want you to be able to produce and be an assistant that you feel comfortable with. Gotcha. Got any scholarships for next year, man? I'm trying to play for you. Man, you're, <laughs> you're, you're my guy now. I'm ready. <laughs> I mean, I've seen you play. I mean, you, you might be a two-guard or three-guard for us, man, the way you can shoot the ball <laughs> sports. So, you know, I know everybody's trying to play you at the four and the five and all that. We're going to keep moving you on up because I love skilled big guys. Um, you know, and, that, like, like, you know, one of the things on the floor, I always want to be one of the biggest teams in the league. Um, you know, be, like, when I was at Siena, we were the fifth biggest team in the country, and that was huge. We played that way. And we're going to be that way here at GW. Because I think there's a huge advantage to that. If I can have a 6A guy at the two-guard spot, even if he's a little bit slower, as a smaller guy, you still got to account for that. You still got to make an extra move to get by him. And I'm gonna, and that 6A guy is going to be able to shoot over top of those guys. Um, so that's a big part of our system as well. Yeah, I mean, you uh, you did a fabulous job. You know, I, I, I followed the, the first Siena year uh, closely. And then, of course, I followed uh, – the CIGW, and you've done a fabulous job of just turning around. And now I see why. Uh, that, that was actually my question. I was like, how? Why? Yeah. And uh, as a player uh, and as a parent, I think, uh, just knowing that, uh, you know, my son can play, play for you, for example, and just knowing that it's not just basketball, that yeah. you're, you're going to develop uh, this young man in every area possible. And just playing is going to be, like you said, it's just, are you good enough or not? But either way, you know, you're going to care for them and develop them and help them get there. Um, that's, I think that's the most important thing. And I think what, what helps you have success is parents, uh, this young student athlete, they just buy in a lot quicker when yeah. you care for them. And they play a lot harder for you, honestly, because I've had coaches in the past that, when my relationship was the, with them was very good and very open, 
and it wasn't just a one-way street, I played a lot harder for them. And it, it, it wasn't that I didn't want to play for some other coach. I didn't play as hard for other coaches. I just felt that it, it, when it's more of a connection, yeah. then you just, you just give more. And I think that's, any, that's, that's in any relationship, actually. It's just, you know, it just if that connection is there, then things work out. And uh, that's pretty amazing. I know you love to shoot a lot of threes, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, that's the thing. I mean, when you look at it, and, you know, you know, I just I, every place I've been, we've always been one of the leading teams in the league shooting threes or taking threes, not always making them, but taking them. And um, I just feel like it's such a weapon for us. You know, if we can defend the three and make threes on the outside, if we can make eight, nine to ten threes a game and hold you to five threes, that's a fifteen point difference that you got to make up. And so we're really focusing on that, on those kind of numbers. We are really analytically savvy, so we're, we're digging into the numbers in a lot of different ways and trying to find ways to use them. And, you know, like I often feel like the most efficient players are guys that are tall, rangy shooters, but they're often the guys that are under-recruited. So, so, you know, we have a chance to get those kind of guys, and that's going to be really valuable for us and, and guys that kind of fit what we're trying to do. And so I love that. I mean, I love being able to shoot the three. I also think it gives, like, the guys, like, you know, if you have a little guards, it gives them more space to play, to get to the front of the rim and, and, and to make passes, makes their, makes their passing lanes easier. And then I think it makes the game much easier for a dominant big because when you got all that shooting out there, there's no way you can double. Um, and so when, our, when we've had our, our best teams, we've always had a dominant big with the shooting. And we just throw it inside probably 10 to 15 times a night, and they back them in and shoot a layup because no one can help, you know. And, uh, you know, it's really simple basketball. I think people feel like the big man is, is kind of going out of the game, but I think the usage of it's going to go back up because I think as you, as you, as you start to – you've already seen it now – people are starting to score more on the low post because no one's helping. No one's playing post defense as much. and No one's doubling. So those are going to be easy opportunities. Absolutely. I just think it's not going to be the traditional in and out. I think that's what people are waiting for. Yeah. The kind of traditional in and out, the whatever, three out to win that used to play and all this stuff. And I think they're scoring low post. It's just different type of scoring. Uh, yeah. What do you think is going to happen? You know, like one thing I look at the NBA and Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, all these guys like that, they're versatile versatile centers essentially what's going to happen when they get older and they're making the most money though <laughs> like aren't they going to have to go back to the town, to towns score? to me towns i don't know towns to me is very very interesting and underrated uh yeah. i'm not the biggest fan of a bead uh just because of shooting percentages I'm, yeah. I'm big on that i just uh you know if you can take a lot of shots at the top of the key and you're gonna shoot a lot of threes you better start making them i think he was yeah uh it's something that i watch my oldest son too it's crazy like if you ask him who shoots the best percentage in the nba from like the elbows the mid-range this he knows everything because that's what i watch yeah and i talk to him about it and uh you know he's uh, as far as shooting percentages uh, he's just not there yet he takes a lot of them too so that's why yeah. i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of it because i feel like philly's success relies on that and mm -hmm. kind of in a you know he's he's just in a I'm showing what I can do kind of thing. You know, I can do everything yeah, yeah, yeah. from that. But why don't you go do what you do best to get his team a championship? Then he can show me what you can do after. Yeah. I think it's challenging, though, because I think with uh, Ben Simmons, who's such a talent, with him on the floor not being the point guard, I think it's really tough because now you have – you're basically like – they have three guys have to play inside the lane. So almost like they're like forcing Embiid to be out there more – you know what I mean? Like, it's a different dynamic. Like, yeah, it is. Their team, it's, it's different. 
But in some ways, like Ben Simmons, like traditional five, right? <laughs> he's like he's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like he's one, like Anthony Mason, like that point yeah. forward. You know, would get down and make plays, and you know, so they have an interesting dynamic on their team. I'm kind of with you, um, but you know, I think I just think as those guys get older, they're gonna have to be more. I mean, you know, in probably ten years, eight years, they're gonna be they're gonna be max level players on a team, and I think they're gonna have to go to the block to score. You know, I don't, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. I'm kind of interested yeah. to see what's going mean, to happen. I think so, too. And a lot of things are going to, uh, like, just look at uh, – okay, Dirk is not the best example, but Tim Duncan, how he slowly shifted that five spot. Yeah. And like you said, if you're going to be a max player or you're going to be the most important player in that team and you don't have the weapons they're going to have now physically, um, you know, then they're going to have to go in the low post. Right? Like you yeah. said, you're going to have to go find ways to score in low post. And they have all the moves, honestly. Uh, yeah. They just – it's just so, so much to do with the ball that, uh, you know, it's hard for them to go post up 10 times when, you know, they can cross over, they can do all the steps, yeah. you know, they have, you know, all the tricks in the bag. And it's, it's, it's just difficult, I think, for them to just be like, okay, like, I'm going to just go post up this game. Uh, yeah. because it's not the culture anymore. That, you know, like, in the 90s, it was like, okay, we're going to just go at him. We're going to abuse him the whole game. Yeah. Same thing. And I'm going to score 40, but just I'm going to back you down if I can with 20 dribbles and that's it. Stop it if yeah. you now it's like, uh, I kind of want to show my step back. I want to show my fadeaway. Let me show yeah. it this. You know, it's like the highlight culture that. Uh, it's, it's a, that's a great point you had, though. It's like, I want to show you what I can do instead of doing what I do best. Yeah. It's just, I'm, that's, that's, a big, that's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So what do you do as far as recruiting now? Well, recruiting has been great for us. I mean, we typically get really far ahead. Um, so we've been, we were out ahead of this. We had our list ready to go. We didn't know this was going to happen, obviously. But this is the time where we were going to probably we'll, – we'll, we would be working for commitments anyway. You know, we would get through that first April period, and then we'd be working for commitments here in June, uh, May, at the end of May and June. So this is about our time here to, to, to get some of these guys to push them over the top. Um, so we were really planning for this. That's how we wanted to operate. So we were pretty far out ahead. We've obviously had some guys that have really blown up. I don't know how they've blown up. They couldn't play any games, but somehow they've blown up. It doesn't make any sense. No one, no one saw any of these guys play, and now all of a sudden they're, they're better. Um, but uh, I understand how that works sometimes. Um, so, you know, we're just kind of watching that. But I, I feel great about where we are. Um, you know, our staff has done all the Zoom meetings. Everybody's doing that stuff. But I think, you know, I've got the youngest staff in the country. They've done an unbelievable job of creating content that uh, the young people have been able to understand and their family have been able to understand. I think we really moved forward in this time. Yeah, absolutely. And like we mentioned earlier, I think, uh, you know, having GW being where you are. Huge. And uh, unfortunately, you know, maybe you don't get as many kids to visit right now because of this uh, this virus. But as soon as you get on campus, it's different. You know, I played a few charity games there and we used to play pickup there every summer. Uh, when Tony Taylor was there, you know, those yeah. teams were, were just uh, coming over every June, July, we just playing against them. They will come to America and play against us. And uh, oh, great player, Tony. Tony just, was great player. Yeah. Oh, he still is. He can. He can. Oh, Tony can go. I played with Tony and Poland, and uh, he's unbelievable. He just finished the season in Turkey. He's had a, a great, great year. And uh, yeah, to me, he's one of the best point guards in Europe right now. Honestly. Yeah. Um, but you have. I mean, you have the facilities there at GW, right? I mean, yep. 
and uh, it's 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 an amazing campus. And uh, I, I do like what you guys do on social media too. Uh, yeah. I love that stuff. I always see it. I'm like, it just reminds me every time I get to see DC. You know, you guys work <laughs> like every day, so I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> uh, they, they do an amazing job. We have a team of people here. We have that as a focus, and they're just amazing. I mean, that's what I mean when I talk about like the resources that we have here and the people we have here are just so different. The way they want to attack it and the pride they take in their job and their opportunity. We're fortunate. And so we're just trying to do a great job of putting a great product out there because, you know, there are people here singing from the rafters how good we're going to be. And they understand that the task we have at hand of us. And they're doing a great job of telling the story. Absolutely. And I think that once you do get there uh, where you want to take this team and uh, this school, I think it's just going to be a totally different ball game. Uh, yeah. You know, just it's ready for I've it. Seen, I've seen that, that, that gym full. And I've seen it like a few years ago back and it was kind of empty and sad and it was like it's, it's, it's hard because I, I remember when I was in high school you know uh, Pops was there yeah Paul was there it was just a really good GW team and if you ask me that was like the thing to go see in DC yeah. it was like um, and it was and it was an in it to had these waves of like great success and kind of wrote it and, and uh but you're exactly right like when it's rolling man people are coming through and enjoying it i mean it's easy to metro stop so people the metro's right on campus so people can get in easily easily from there people love it people love it it's a it's an amazing place to be i think so people love it i mean your athletes have to love it it's like impossible to uh but it's hard though. What do you do with the, uh, the, the older kids though, man? <laughs> you got to keep an eye on them over there. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's been interesting because like these guys are so academically driven that I think, and they're so busy, you know, I mean like that's obviously one of my concerns as these young kids we have now grow up a little bit, you know, that'll be more my concern. <laughs> but you know, the one thing with, with, uh, with the generation that we're working with now is they're so image conscious, you know, like I think we, you and I might've taken some risk but this generation is so much more image conscious because of their cell phones, because of the pictures. And yeah, you don't, really want picture, you don't want to end up with a picture. You don't want to end up with a bad so they're, video. They're in a different <laughs> mode of how they, how they interact with the world. Um, and I think that's why we've seen, you know, really we haven't seen as much. It's more, more conscious of it. Gotcha. Yeah, I never thought about it that way. But, uh, yeah, once you said it, it is right. <laughs> And uh, now back to basketball side of things. Uh, what are uh, what is your approach uh, during the season uh, to developing the guys that you might have transferred or they might not play a lot? And you know you're gonna have to count them. Like let's say you have a freshman that might not play a lot. Uh, yeah, we're trying we're, we're trying to build in really strong individual plans for each uh, player, and then we're gonna stick to that plan throughout the course of the year, whether they're playing or not. Um, because every player on the roster is going to have a, going to be really important for our success at some point in their careers. And I think our goal here is to, to get the max out of you through your four years. So whether you redshirt you when you're a young guy or redshirt you as a sophomore or junior or whatever, because my thing is like, we want you at your very best for four years. We've got a small window, so we got to get you healthy. We got to get you all those things in that four year window. And so we want to continue to build that plan. And I think that plan is really important. Uh, the plan, you know, for some guys might take a little bit longer. Some guys might attack right away. Um, but we want to really stick to that plan. And that plan includes not just nutrition and diet, not just weight room stuff, which is important. You know, if you have a guy who has tight hips, he might be explosive, but he's going to have a high risk of injury. 
If he has tight hips, he might not be able to make the movements that we need. Like if he's a shooter, we won't be able to bring him off staggers and stuff like that if his hips are tight. So some of these things seem a little small, but we want to really attack those things really well as we're building that plan in place for them. Um, and, you know, I think we've really tried to do a great job of building this plan in for the guys and really sticking to it. And, and it changes a little bit through the course of the year. You know, we do these things called correctives. So let's say you have a history of ankle injuries. You'll be with our, with our strength coach and athletic trainer. It'll take about 20 minutes every day that will allow you to get a little bit better. And then at the end of practice, we, we, have, small, we have small things for guys to you know, take five or 10 minutes. You know, for a point guard, it might be finishing over, over a big in the lane. Could be uh, a guy that we're trying to develop who's maybe a four-man who shoots it. We want to develop his hand a little bit more. So he may have a ball handling regimen that takes about 20 minutes after practice. And, you know, so we just try to be really individualized with guys, be able to improve them. Um, it's really helped. I mean, it's been amazing to watch guys that we've maybe given the ball handling regimen at the beginning of the year to the middle of the year to the end. They just take these big jumps because you know how it is when you're in practice. You know, if you're not a point guard, you might not handle the ball, but, you know, a certain amount of time, depending on how, how the structure practices. We're different. We do a lot of individual work in practice. Uh, but a lot of places you come in, you run your five-on-five five on five offense, and, you know, you don't get a chance to do that. But, you know, we're, we're different in that regard. And just watching guys improve their handle and, and their, their passing and stuff like that through the course of the year, I think has really, really helped our teams and really helped the guys continue to improve. That's great stuff right there, honestly, because I was just talking to to my trainer and um, we're talking about kids these days and how they don't come into the gym, you know, during the season. Oh, it's my high school season and I'm not going to go train because I'm tired of practice. And I'm like, how many shots did you get in practice? You know, how many times you actually handled the ball in practice? And like you said, you know, so many coaches just and I get it. You know, you have a high school practice for like an hour and a half what am I going to do? I have to run through my stuff, right? I mean, we have a game every three days, every two days. So you need to find time on your own to develop your game, which means you might have to go get extra shots up, you know, during your season. You might have to go get the extra ball handling during the season. So it's, it's so great hearing that you guys are telling the kids, hey, like, okay, we have our practice, which we already, and you already told me that you're doing individual stuff. But on top of that, you know, to have them do extra, uh, that's, I mean, that, that, that's huge right there. And uh, honestly, I like you said, some some guys take longer, and I was probably one of those guys. You know, when I went to Mason, um, I I didn't have that. Once I transferred, though, it kind of like some light, you know, just all right, like now it's go time. Yeah. And I was in there, you know, every morning. I was there before practice, after practice. Uh, you know, and like I sat down, I was like, okay, what do I need to work on? Uh, you know, my biggest thing was everybody was telling me you got to be stronger. And uh, I'm still not a big fan of it. I'm like, well, it's always like, like what does that mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Where do I need to be stronger at? Like, yeah. you know, I need, I need more clear direction on what exactly you need from me. And I, that was one thing I think as a player, I felt that too, you know, like you need to be stronger. You need to do this. Well, like I need a plan on how to do that. Like, you do I need to be stronger on the block? Do I need to be stronger rebounding? Do I need to be stronger on the perimeter? Like, what does it all mean? You know, give me something really pointed so I can work on it, you know? And and so that's what we've tried to do with our strength coach. Because I went through that too. So that's not an unfamiliar thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, well, I came in as a point guard. Then you move me from point guard, but you never told me you moved me from point guard. So I'm playing the three. I'm playing the two. I'm trying to pass like a point guard, but you want me to score, but you never told me to score. You, you know what I mean? Like, you just yeah, tell me. No, I do totally it. get it. Because when I came out of high school, you know, I was like, what, six, nine and a half. And, um, you know, my whole thing was I was a West Virginia guy, right? So for a year and a half, I didn't care about. Kentucky called me. Tubby Smith was all – I'm like, no, thank you. And then you just end up that beeline. Uh, there was some 
issues behind it uh, that was more than it was more politics where he couldn't offer mm -hmm. me because he recruited me for like two years came to Romania the whole summer he spent oh, wow. a month in Romania uh, to meet my uh, mom my everybody my whole family oh, wow. watch me play with the Romanian national team uh, and I mean I, we both thought it was going to be a lock right I mean I'd even give it any that uh, time of day to any other school honestly for like two three four months and I got that fall of the senior year where, you know, I visited and then Beeline was like, well, I'm not sure I can offer you right now. And uh, that's because Patrick Patterson, we have only one scholarship left. Patrick Patterson is the local kid. They want me to wait on him. He told us he doesn't want to come to West Virginia though. But you right. got, yeah, like he literally told him, he's like, you're not my top five. There's no way I come here. But it was more of a political decision between actual, yeah. like I think it was the governor. It was, it was a whole a lot of stuff. Yeah, so I totally understood it, but it just took, I was like, all right, man. So at that point, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Mason. They were, like, recruiting me very hard. But it was always, I, I just felt like it was always, like, you need to put weight on. You need to put weight on. And I get it. I was, like, 195. But in the same time, the more weight I put on is just the, the worst I felt. So, like, right. my freshman year, actually, when I put some weight on, but I was still, like, 205, 210. I probably played my best games at Mason. I was getting mm -hmm. nine, ten boards, and you know, we're having like I think it was Dayton, Cleveland State, you know, um, and I wasn't the greatest athlete, but I was just holding my own. I was getting seven, eight, nine boards. Then he started me, uh, and I thought it was going good. And it's like every, but every time I heard, it's like, well, you know, you still got to go to the weight room, get stronger, put more weight on. It was just countering in my mind as like, I'm weak. So every yeah. time I heard that, I got weaker on the floor because somebody was telling me I was weak, even though like yeah. I was feeling good on the floor and I was feeling strong. I was playing well. And to me, that was just, uh, like you said, it was like, just tell me the plan. Let me work on it. But just don't tell me every day you got to get stronger. Uh, yeah. I think there's so many ways you can tell me that, that like, okay, you got to play more physical, right? Like get more physical, yeah. go get rebounds, go get like, it just don't give me a general thing. That really involved. Tell, me what, I, tell uh, me what I need to know. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, and like, um, you know, I always tell these guys, we're on these recruiting calls. It's like, listen, I don't want to take the player that you are away from you. So, like, I would say, hey, let's see if we can put five pounds on, see where we are there. Right. You know, we put five on, you would have gone from 190, 195, maybe 195 to 200. Hey, I feel pretty good. You're still moving the same way. And we're kind of really watching your movements. Because your movements are what make you unique. You know, like, if you lose your ability to move the way that you move or your second jump or you know, all these different things, it's a big deal, you know? And so that's how we've kind of attacked it. We've gone five, judge, look, and we test a bunch of agility. We test all that stuff. Then it'll be five more. And, and then we just kind of look at it. And then, we, and then usually by the time they're sophomores or juniors, we say, your playing rate is 220. You got to be between 225 and 215. You got to stay in here. You know, we just try to come up. Now, sometimes we've had guys go too heavy. Like, I had a guy, Greg Graves, who played me at the mountain. He got too heavy at the 235. And I was like, I just don't think you're going to be the player. And we got him back down to 225, and he was great. But, like, again, get stronger. Well, yeah, we all have to get stronger. We have to put more weight on. Well, yeah, but <laughs> let's be really pointed with that because that's a big difference. You know, I mean, you're a guy that stretched the floor and could score the ball, and your uniqueness was how you scored. So, like, we can't take your uniqueness away because we want you to bang a little bit more on the block. Like you're probably going to score 16 and give up 11, 
if I take your size away, if I, if I get you too heavy, you're going to score 11 and give up 11. <laughs> you know, it's like, That's a good way to put it. But you can see that um, to me, there's like a few type of coaches and ones that play basketball that can be successful because they took the lessons and one that played basketball and like a bit too stubborn after. And uh, that's at least that's what I've, I've dealt with in Europe. It's like, uh, you know, you get the, the ex-basketball player that's super stubborn and it's like, oh, we're doing this my way. And I can see that, uh, you know, you've taken everything that you've been through and you kind of analyze it and figure out what works, what doesn't. And uh, of course, what works and what doesn't for your program. And I can see you're doing yeah. that right now. And I think um, that was my biggest, like, mystery. I was like, man, like, you just turn programs around like super quick and you build them up. And uh, because I know, uh, honestly, the Mount, uh, when, when I was in college, um, it, w- it wasn't that great. You know, they were changing coaches super yep. fast and uh, they were just not doing a good job, I guess. And we played them a few times and I was like, we just went there one by 30. I was like, okay, like it's just another game. And then, uh, you know, once you saw it happening, I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, you have to do it through recruiting. You have to do it through maybe some transfers. Um, but you build it your own way, and then you kind of build this, like, smallish, you know, uh, powerhouse where, you know, they're consistent, you know, in being the top four in the league. And you have to build a, a program. You can't build it. You know, I can't take over, I don't know, whatever school and just be like, okay, we're going to win championships starting year one. You know, and I think that's what it you're takes doing. Time. Yeah, you're you're doing that right now, I think, and it's it's amazing to me. Sure. Uh, so, what are your goals at GW for for next year? Just yeah. uh, it doesn't have to be necessary to just win a championship. Uh, yeah. You know, just as far as oh. being your team there and for yourself. Yeah, I, you know, I would never say win a championship. I think you know I've had great teams and we came up short, and I've had bad teams that won it all. And, and I think that, you know, I mean, you know, just kind of all come together how's that feeling wait how's that feeling like having a team that's like not supposed to and you know winning it it's like oh well you know you you always feel like you know I always feel like this as long as I'm coaching a team there's a pathway to win it all now sometimes that pathway is 10 percent sometimes it's 90 percent you know but if I can find the right 10 percent we're gonna win it all um it's always gonna be based off your connections but if you get five six guys out there that can play together that have a great chemistry together you're tough to beat and you never know when chemistry just kind of happens you know, there could be something that happens on a, in the dorm room on, on a Saturday night, you know, um, where they're in there playing video games. They have a great laughing session or something. And all of a sudden, like, their chemistry is great. You know, I mean, you know how simple it is. It it's is. Just like, it is, though. It is just like that. It's how so that American. Yeah. You know, and I think, like, you know, I think the biggest thing I try to bring is that I'm a, I'm a player. You know what I mean? I was a Virginia State player of the year. I was a good college player. Like, I'm a good player. So, like, I understand what it's like to be in that locker room. I understand what it's like to be in the dorm room. And, I don't think people always understand that. Like it could be a trip to the mall that the guys take and all of a sudden they're just like, Oh, you remember this? And all of a sudden it's like, it, it goes. So I think, you know, just trying to be cognizant of that. And, you know, I just want to build our, our chemistry and our connectivity together. And, you know, we always say we want to be at our best when our best required. I think that's huge because that allows you the ability to be great in the moment, but then ready to challenge and take the next moment. Um, we talk about love as accountability and accountability is love. And everything starts with love and ends with love. If I can really grow that notion with our team as team members of loving each other and loving being held accountable and loving giving accountability, we're going to have a great season. It's just that simple because everyone struggles with holding people accountable, even in a loving fashion. And I just think if we're able to build that into our group with the talent that I think we do have, it's just going to be hard to beat us. And if we're not able to build that into the group, 
you know, we'll be like every other team. And then we'll be waiting for that, you know, hoping for those three or four days in March that we can find that chemistry. And, you know, we're trying to do a lot of that legwork right now. Well, you're in a very tough conference too, honestly. And uh, to me, uh, not a knock on any other school in that conference, uh, but GW is a, you know, has a certain standard for academics. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just not easy for you, I think, uh, you know, maybe to recruit sometimes. I don't know, is, is that, has that, well, you know, okay, you're going to find smart players, you're going to find yeah. good players anywhere. Uh, but again, it might take more time. Uh, you know, it, it, it might take more relationships uh, built over time. Um, to me, uh, from outside, and uh, it just seems harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's hard to win no matter where you are. Um, I think the thing with me is that I love the components that GW has because I think that academic components can really help. It's going to allow us to attack the right kind of guys we want to in recruiting. It's going to allow us to have a certain kind of component within our program. We have a great graduate school, so I think we're going to really use that to our advantage if we turn to redshirt guys or we take transfers out of another year and all these kind of things. And so we're trying to, we're trying to skew the, the numbers in, in, in a way that allows us to really be successful. We recognize that, you know, the best teams are consistent every year. And so we want to be able to build our team where we're top four in the A-10 every single season. That's how we're trying to build it. And, um, you know, we're not trying to, you know, I think a lot of people say they want to be consistent, but they really want to have one great season. And I'm not really about having one great season. I want to be consistently good. And I think if we find a way to be consistently right there in the conversation every year. We're going to get in the NCAA tournament enough. We're in the A-10s. We're in a multiple bid league. So as we continue to be consistent and consistently good, we're going to find our way into the NCAA tournament where we can make a ton of noise and beat some, beat some teams with how we play. Our style of play being so different, I think that will be tough for teams to play against in March. Not many teams press and trap for 40 minutes and turn around and play ball screen offense in different ways and shooting all over the place. So teams will have to really adjust to that. I mean, it's more of a pro-style system than most people run. So people will have to adjust to that. So it really is just about us being consistent. And I think it's tough, but I think it's tough everywhere. And I think if you're a true, if you're a true uh, competitor, you, you, you love the biggest challenges. And the biggest challenges are what makes you. And, you know, we want to find guys that love being competitive and they're true competitors and want to embrace all of it. Absolutely. And now that you, you did bring the X's and O's a little bit, I just wanted to ask you about that too. Uh, what are some of your, like, your favorite things uh, to do in, in, in your offense uh, like that, that you just can't go without? Yeah, you know, it, it's crazy. So we've had so many different styles of guards. And I think you can't really talk about offense and talk about one component because I think they're all like work together, you know. Um, you know, we've had so many different styles of guards. We've had small guards, Junior Robinson, um, honorable mention All-American, who's five foot five, scored twenty-two a game. We've had Jalen Pickett, who was an All-American, freshman All-American at Siena, who's six foot four, a little bit slower than him, but bigger. Um, you know, we've had Julian Norfleet, who plays a ton, still playing overseas, who's about six foot three, shoots a ton of threes, and a great shooter. So we've had all these different kinds of guards, and I think what we've tried to do is create a system that allows those guards to play with freedom. You know, we've always tried to put a lot of shooting around them, whether it's a two, three, and four sometimes with a lot of spacing. But I think when you have a rim run big and you go spread ball screen, I think, there's, I think it's really hard to stop if you can put the right amount of shooting around there. So we, we always want to start everything off with really good spread ball screen offense. You know, if you get that, you know, I, I call it a relationship, like a legit relationship. If our, if our ones and five can be married and just, <laughs> you, you know, and just have that perfect, like, you know, like, like your grandparents, you know, like they argue and bicker, but they always stay together because it's so, yeah. if I can get our ones and fives to have that kind of relationship, well, uh, it's just special because they can make some plays that the defense can't be prepared for. I tell you this, I think any pro coach in Europe that listens to this podcast, they're going to want to take your players. <laughs> uh, no, it's just, it's just because it's, it's basketball in Europe right now. It, it is just that. 
it, it is. Uh, as much as I've I've liked my my year in, uh, when I played in the, in the VTB in Russia, and you know I had a big role, and I was I, I could play inside outside, you know more more basketballs to shoot. Same as in France. Slowly as I played, you know I, I kind of became a stretch four, and it's literally like everywhere is the two, three, and four. Okay, two maybe sometimes has more. But the three and four, like, you know, mostly spot-up shooters, pick and pops, we're not going to have the same amount as, you know, as the one-five pick and roll, you know. Yeah. One-five pick and roll, the two-five pick and roll. And then you create off that. So that's why I think uh, having the system, too, it's, um, you know, it's great for your, your kids that are, are good enough to go play overseas. It's going to be easier transition for them. Uh, because We've had a lot of guys go and play. Exactly. I was going to say you had a well. lot. <laughs> I mean, we, we had, like, I think we had something like 15 straight seniors go and play professionally up until this year. We had three seniors. We had one senior that's going to play next year from here. And then we had three guys that are going to go be millionaires doing something else. But um, (laughs) it's, it's really neat. Like with, because they've gone over and like, what's been neat though, that I'll tell you this is that I've had multiple of these guys say to me, like they get over there and they they get in the first couple of practices and their coaches are like, Hey, you know, like you're, you're really good at this. And he's like, I ran all this in college, you know, like they, they ran all this stuff college you know they understand their reads and we we teach it to them right so if we're running a spread ball and screen roll with this formation you're looking here with this formation you're looking here so when they go become professionals it's been great watching them come in and just like spark right away because i think their learning curve has been different yeah well i feel like everyone's running these college offenses in college like it's like college offense you know like you got to be a you got to be a pro at the point guard level for us um and you got to be a pro if you're big for us and 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 then uh, we have those two components you know Look, we're gonna be tough to do. <laughs> exactly. And how about defense now? Yeah, so we're gonna play play man to man. We're gonna press and trap, pick you up full floor. Um, I just love that being able to do that. I hate watching guys walk the ball off the floor. For two years, I've had to do that because we haven't had enough depth. So I'm ready to get back to my roots of picking you up 94 feet and and uh, making guys look to get the ball off the floor and a chance to play more guys. And I'm excited to get to have a little bit of depth, be able to do that. And, you know, and again, you know, well, ice ball screens like like a lot of people do. You know, I just, I just want to be the aggressor on offense. I want to take you out of what you want to do. And I think when you can do that, the aggressor on defense. And I think when you're able to do that defensively, yep. you got to guard less action. You know, you got to guard less action. We can dictate more. You know, it allows our athletes to really be able to anticipate better. So I'm excited about getting back to uh, to, to force baseline and, and, and uh, really really getting out and passing lanes a little bit more. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean having. You know, not having your guys, uh, it's, it's definitely not an, uh, an easy situation, uh, you know, transition-wise. And like you said, you don't, uh, you know, you don't have the depth usually that, that you want to have so you can play your, 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 your style of play. But in the same time, you still have been successful. So I think that's, uh, you know, you, get, you and your coaching staff deserve a lot of credit for that. Uh, being able to adjust, I think, uh, because as a coach, adjust, adjustments are, are huge. Oh, to everything. And, I mean, I think, you know, you, I've always wanted to be like a part of like being a, being a part of a coaching staff where like we can adjust to our players instead of our players having to adjust us. It's much easier for us to create a system that fits the, the 16 guys in the locker room than it is for them to fit the system that we're trying to, you know, that we're trying to force upon them. Um, and I think that's what we've done the last couple of years. And now it's great because I feel like we've got, we've got some bodies in the building that we can really say, all right, let's, let's go play. Let's go play the way we want to awesome. play now. <laughs> What do you do? Uh, now it's like a recruiting standpoint. So you have a kid that's really good, doesn't exactly fit your system, but it's very, very good. I don't know how to give you an example. And he really wants to come play for you. 
but yeah. you know that you have to make some adjustments. Uh, well, I think for me, it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you treat that situation? Yeah. You know, for me, it's like, you know, how, how good do I think he is? You know, and yeah. I think what's hard in high school basketball is that the undersized scorer that gets to the free throw line a lot is really valued, but in college, that's not going to happen. So it's like looking at his skills and saying, do his, are his skills applicable to how we're going to score and how we're going to play? Now, there's some special players. You know, we're looking at a couple now. They're like, hey, this guy's so good. You know, that we're just going to take him. We'll kind of figure it out because we can, we, we can enhance what he does really well. But I think you got to really look at it. You got to really look and say, like, does his skills translate? Like for us, you know, like an undersized post in a spread ball screen system, it just doesn't work. So if a guy's undersized post and they're like, oh, man, he's, he's getting double-doubles. Yeah, but if he's got short arms and he's getting a shot blocked on the rim off the pick and roll instead of dunking it, you know, it's not really going to help us, you know. And so we've been in our system long enough to really – we go even as far as physical attributes of what we're looking for. And, you know, and so, like, that's that center spot. I mean, he'd have to be really, really nasty to have short arms for us, you know. Because, you know, as you get the ball in the pick and roll, you got these guys tra trailing you to block it, and they have the angle to block the shot. So unless you can get it up quickly or unless you can finish it, you know, you're going to get that blocked if you don't have these attributes. This is the reality of it, you know, unless you have great timing. Um, so it depends on the position. We have a little bit more flexibility at the, um, I would say probably at the, maybe the point if the guy can score and can pass. Like we've taken scores at the point guard spot and we've taken guys who are wings and made them point guards if they were unselfish for pass. Because we're going to bring them off 50 ball screen tonight. If he can score the ball, that's going to set the defense. But if he's a willing passer, that's going to really dominate the game. And not saying like we have guys like James Harden, but kind of what Houston's done with James Harden taking a guy that can score the ball and a guy that can, that's capable of passing. And now that person dominates the game. Awesome. And really, I, I honestly think that um, just running the, the, the stuff you're telling me right now, just as far as your offense is just, uh, it, it's just not many coaches that are willing to, to run that kind of stuff in college basketball nowadays. And uh, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, you've seen coaches for so, so long having success with a certain thing, you know, talking about Syracuse is the zone, you know. it's uh, so, so I understand it. Uh, I respect it. Um, you know, I like to study basketball. So I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it why he's doing it and he recruits that way. So that, to me, that would be an interesting conversation, for example, because I feel like Syracuse would be like, okay, you got to have this, this, this. Otherwise, you're not coming here. I don't care who you are because I can't play in the zone. Simple. You know, there's no adjustment there. It's like they never I'm, have small guards. You know, their guards yeah. are always six four, six five at the, at the top of that zone. You know, I don't think you can have a small guard in the zone. And their know? wings, then the, the three and fours, they got to be like six eight plus. And uh, so I'm like, that's always been my question. I'm like, so if I'm Syracuse, you know, like I have a six six stud, like I don't know, like even first round pick, do I take him? Because it doesn't yeah. fit. Like, is he going to kill me that year? Like, it, it's just so many questions. So, it's, I mean, it's good to hear you talk about, like, you know, you, you have your certain stuff that you, you might be willing to be like, okay, that's not a huge deal. But some stuff, it is a huge deal. And you need yeah. that from uh, – We're sort of really looking at the attributes of each player. And we're sort of saying, like, does this attribute fit into what we can do? Can we run these actions to enhance this? Sometimes, Vlad, as much as, like, is it a good counter to somebody else? You know, if you have a really dominant player that's maybe a perimeter player, you know, you can have a, you know, you could like the, the one thing on the underside post is a good way to kind of describe it because it's like, well, what will we do with that? You know, if he can't finish on the pick and roll, 
now we can only go dribble handoff. You know, like, it just – and it's such a change in the offense. Like, it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it's like, how does that affect everybody else on the team? Right. You know, like, my scoring point guard, you know, does that take away points, assists from, you know, playmaking because my big is not I don't know, athletic enough. It's not – Right. Like, when, the, you know, the Bulls had a great year when, when, um, J- when Derrick Rose had the MVP. Yeah. You know, they played basically two post guys, you know, Kim Noah and, and – um, um, I forgot the and Taj Taj yeah, Taj Gibson yeah from LSU. Taj Gibson and yeah. both those guys you know Derek Rose would get to the front of the rim guy so those guys were basically on the perimeter handing off to him and down screening for him opening up that lane for him now both, both those guys are capable fifteen foot shooters you know Noah is a great assister great passer great ball mover so that just works so when you know Derek Rose goes to another team and he doesn't have that he's got a low post big well, that changes Derek Rose's game pretty good you know. And, and, you know, right. And so like when you kind of, it's funny when you go like high pick and roll, I, I did this study. When you go high pick and roll with Derek Rose, he's really a scorer. He's fine. He scores the ball, but he doesn't assist it around. He scores. So now you got to pop that big to assist it to other guys. So if you run him off too many pick and rolls, it's going to slow the offense down. But you can run him off dribble handoffs. I never noticed that. I, I really didn't. Uh... And he's an electric scorer, so I'm not saying he's not a great scorer yeah. or not. But you, but you hear what I'm saying? Like, I mean, especially like, his younger years, he was like impossible to stop. So it's like, all yeah. the mix of the guys, though. And, yeah. you know, and so, like, we had the kid, Junior Robinson. He is 5'5 five, five guy. He gets in front of the rim and finish. But we couldn't, um, we couldn't have guys in the lane for him because we need to give him space. Right? He can't, have, he can't have a replace guy. He might cut it back. That might be the only move he can make. He might take the guy and cut it back. So we had to just open the lane up for him so he could be able to do that. So when we had a role replace big with that guy, we couldn't really use him as a role replace guy, you know? So, you know, just knowing that kind of stuff with your players and how to, how to put them in the right position, you know, um, you know, and, and like again, Derek Rose, MVP, MVP that year. And they ran him off the least, I think they ran him off the least high ball screens that year um, uh, probably of his career. And he was dominant coming off the dribble handoff because he's so strong and so fast. And, you know, so just, you know, those little nuances affect how everybody plays and allows everybody to be at their best. If you yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, and now one of the last things I want to touch uh, on was transfers, right? I mean, it's a yeah. huge thing in, in college basketball now, and I think everybody makes a big deal out of it. And to me, it's, a bad, it's, it's about fit, right? Uh, like I mentioned before. Uh, it was not George Mason was or Coach Hill, you know. I'm, I'm like, it's not like it was a bad coach. It was just a, he's a great coach, great, coach. great right. coach, right? It's just that maybe he got a better recruiting class next year, or he had to change style of, styles of play. So I couldn't. Uh, I, I don't know. I just didn't, didn't see my myself developing the pro that. So I just wanted to transfer because of that. Yep. But it wasn't like so. It's just a matter of fit for me, right? And I think that's what it is. A lot of times, uh, or you get this, you know, D1 kids that are going to go, oh, hey, you know, I'm really D1, I'm really good, and then they just don't develop and they have to transfer to transfer down. Uh, so for me personally, I actually, I, I don't encourage it, but I think it's, it's not the worst thing ever. You know, if, if I'm a yeah. really good D2 player and I have a chance to go D1, I mean, why not as a player, you know? Yeah. And if I'm really a D1 player and I'm right in the bench, you know, why not to try to transfer? I mean, you know, and I know it's tough for you, for you as a head coach. And I, I, uh, I was reading about Matt Painter at Purdue, what he said about harms and yeah. 
yes and no, you know, it was like, and then I was reading uh, Izzo's response and I think there's, there's, when it comes to transfers, old school mentality and like a new school mentality type thing, you know? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I've had a lot of guys transfer out, transfer up. You know, we had six straight guys on, on what would have been like three straight elite teams at the Mount. Guys transferred up and out. And, um, I've always been a supporter of the guys. You know, I mean, I saw those guys' comments and I just thought they were interesting because when, when my whole team was leaving, no one, no one said anything. Like, no one, it didn't matter to anybody when my whole team was leaving. But when they have one or two guys, they're they not Purdue. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's such a big deal. You know, I think if we're all in the good of the, good of the group, then we should be standing up for one another. You know, not just when it, in, when, not when it hurts one of us, not, not when it just hurts the very top. But I think for me, I've always, like those guys have a dream that they want to live out. I want to help them fulfill their dream. Um, I'm living my dream every day. So I'm not sitting there saying I'm encouraging guys to leave. I'm definitely not. I'm saying, what is best for you? And I think my job is I'm supposed to be a basketball, college basketball expert is to help guide them the best way I can. So if you come to my office and you say, hey, coach, I'm thinking about transferring, I'm going to say, all right, well, tell me why. Tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you want. And I'm going to tell you whether or not I think it's realistic or not. And hopefully we've built up enough trust over that time that you recognize that, that I, I care about you, you know, that I want what's best for you. I haven't once told a guy to stay when I didn't think it was best for him. I haven't once told a guy to leave when I, didn't, when, I thought it, when I thought it wasn't best for him. You know, I mean, for me, it's really about the conversation and what that person wants. Now, I will tell you, if a guy says, hey, I want this, this, and this, I'll be like, well, I just don't think you're going to get that. And I do think with the progression we have here, these guys are graduating, this guy's leaving, you know, you're probably going to be able to get that here. Or, you know, you're probably never going to have that role here. You know, if you want to be, you know, I had a big a couple years ago, and he was like, you know, I want to shoot 15-footers, and I want to do this. And that really wasn't his skill. That wasn't, his, that wasn't the best part of his game as a sophomore. But I, but I could see a pathway. Like, you're probably going to be shooting those next year. You know, we're going to need you to shoot those. We had the, the kid, Junior Robinson, so we're going to need you to shoot those because he's going to be playing the point guard for us. And he's a, he needs the lane to be open. So it's like a different team. And so I explained it to him pretty clear. Like, hey, you know, I think you're going to have those opportunities next year. You know, you got to shoot 60% on those jumpers, though, if you're going to do them. And it has to be something where our team expects you to take these 15-footers, not where you just take them to prove you can do it. You know, because you know how that goes, lad. They take them and then it's a layup the other way because no one knows what's going to happen. <laughs> you know? And so I just explained it to him that way. Um, you know, he just still decided to try to test the market and try to leave, and, and he did. You know, and I think he was ultimately happy with his goal. Now, he went to the next spot and didn't get a chance to do that at all. All he played and he went to the next spot and didn't get a chance to do that at all. Um, I have a great relationship with him. I think I have a great relationship because I was honest with him. You know, well, I think I mean, I think that, that's all the, I can do. It goes back to what you're talking, you know, at the beginning, uh, where you actually care about the players that are in the locker room, right? You, you care about them as, as student athletes and not just what they can give you on the floor for those 40 minutes of the game, right? Right. Or whatever. Like, I want, I want them to have a great career. You know, like, I, I want them to have, like, I want them to have wild success wherever they go. Like, I want them to have wild success with me. I want them to have wild success as they leave. Like, you know, for me, it's not anything personal. I, I want it for them because they get, you know, you know how it is when you, you're a player too. Like that, that time goes by so fast. You know, I, I've been doing this now. This is going to my ninth year being a head coach. You know, my players get four, maybe five years. I want them to have a great four or five years that they really enjoy. And it's their decision to make. It's not mine to make it for them. Yeah, it, it just shows that uh, just from 
what I've been reading, and like you said, especially the the say you know the the, the top or the, the the power schools, yeah, uh, you know, they just always kind of biased about it because now lately, what I've seen is kind of kids go from you know top school to another top school, and they don't really like that anymore. It was okay right. when the top yeah. school was like, hey, the Purdue kid, you know, went to uh, low D1. Oh, that's okay with me now because he wasn't good enough. Right. Oh, but now, or when the low D1 kid is going to, to a Yeah, or they think the best good. player. I'm like, oh, yeah, I like this kid. I'll take him. But now I'm like Purdue and I get this, you know, my starting center and he wants to go. And he's right. going to go to a team that, okay, it's not directly in the same conference, but, you know, it's going to be the same level and I don't like that anymore. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's a two-way street, right? To me, it's it's not. You can't. Uh, to me, at this point, you're showing kind of your true face. You're like, uh, well, I care about, you know, myself. Yeah. So I, I really like what you said throughout this whole uh, podcast because it's been about uh, it's been about your players, your staff, your your school. And I think as a, I don't know, as a head coach, you kind of set the tone for everything, uh, you know, and – uh, like I said from the beginning, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, you're doing a fabulous job wherever you've been. Um, and I'm really, you know, following GW now. As you know, one of your assistants has been my, uh, was my assistant in, in high school. And I have a great relationship with him, with Nima. And uh, I mean, I just, I just root for you guys. So I really appreciate that you taking your time to, to, to hop on the podcast and talk about all this stuff. And it's it's been absolutely great. And um, I hope once the virus goes away, I really, I really want to, Come, uh, come to GW and uh, watch you guys. Uh, you know, work out with the players and uh, talk more basketball. <laughs> come see us, man. You're always welcome, man. I appreciate you. I'm a big fan of you, and whatever we can do to support you, my man, you let us know and, and raise high. Absolutely, appreciate it. Appreciate. Thanks, it. brother.